Sis, I have my sister here right now with her beautiful pregnant belly. This incredible woman, Siobhan Michelle. She's an entrepreneur, she's an artist. Woo! And she's on girl. We got all of this because we got all of fucking this. And I'm literally looking at her thinking like, damn, she has all of it, period. But like, she just makes it real for me. Like, damn, as a woman, like we really got this. Welcome, Shivy. How you doing? <laughs> I'm feeling very pregnant. <laughs> How far are you? I'm eight months. Eight months. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I just want to dive into this since we're t- talking about this eight months beautiful belly that I'm rubbing right now. <laughs> what has it been like being pregnant for the first time, by the way? This is our first pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Being pregnant for the first time during a pandemic? It's uh, a loaded question. Yeah, it's so... It's it's nuts, but it's also like the dichotomy of being pregnant in general, I think, is that I'm 32. This is my first pregnancy. I love the hell out of my partner. We're so excited to be pregnant, mm. and it's so exciting to like feel her kicks every day to mm. be like, Mommy, still here. We, we still alive. Even though we black, we good. Yeah. <laughs> so like there's that awesome joy of feeling like I get up in the morning, and I'm excited to have her kick, and I'm grateful yeah. to be alive. And then there's the other half that's like, babies are expensive and work is slowing down. Right. And black people keep dying. Mm. And my partner walks out the door to go walk our dog as a black man. Mm. And it's really crazy because we have the most, (laughs) we have really intense goodbyes when he goes for a walk. Wow. For the dog, just in case. Which is really, like, I guess, dark to admit, but it's what we do. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's just been two sides of that coin every morning. You know what? It is dark, but it's our reality. Like, Mm -hmm. our reality right now is darkness. Yeah. So I look at you as my friend. Like, how are you stabilizing your mind, body, and soul to carry a human being right now in your stomach with all of this going on in our world, especially as a black woman right now? Therapy. Mm. I'm in therapy. My partner's in therapy. We're in couples therapy. And actually because of COVID, we've talked about it for a while, especially before like wanting to get married, if that was something we're going to do or having a kid. And we sort of put it on the back burner, the whole couples therapy, because you you go when things are broken. But we actually, we decided to go to couples therapy when it feels like, when it felt like the world was breaking apart around us yeah and we needed to figure out how to make sure we were okay and we were on the same page Mm. so therapy yes girl you know i'm a big believer in therapy yeah and it's so accessible right now it's all over zoom like you don't have to go into an office you don't have to travel there's and often people are offering discounted prices for for therapy because it's over zoom Mm. you don't have to go in person it's so beautiful that you are in therapy but for me Knowing a black man is in therapy mm-hmm. is so much power in this. Oh, yeah. How did you get Frank into therapy? Was Frank like, that's her, that's her fiance. Was Frank like, okay, I'm with it? Or did you have to kind of like, you know, explain to him why it's important? Like, how was that? Because I know a lot of listeners right now that are listening, a lot of women probably want their man in therapy, but I used to date a man that was like, refused therapy. Mm-hmm. So like, I want to know, how was that situation? How were you able to create this safe space where frank was cool with it well i think it's it's two things one frank is a very open-minded well-educated black man who has been on an evolution and a journey since he was young yeah and so he's been aware of the benefits of therapy 
And then he fell in love with someone who was very stubborn. <laughs> and I broke up with him because he didn't go to therapy. Wow. Like, we've been together off and on five years. But at one point, I was like, okay, there's something going on with you emotionally that is affecting us. And the next step for us is family. And we can't get there until you go. Mm. And I was in it. I was already in therapy on my own. And I was just like, you, you can... You can come get this when you've been in therapy. Yeah. And literally, he, he found it on his own. It took him a while. Like, yeah. he just, he had to realize for himself that it was valuable. Not for me, but for himself. Ooh, and that's why I wanted him to word. go. I was like, I don't need it for me. I need you to love yourself. I need you to be yes. happy. I need you to find your purpose outside of what, culturally, what we've been taught. Outside of what we've been taught in school. Outside of what we get on the media. Like you have to be comfortable with yourself. And then it is so okay if you're not comfortable with yourself because you'll have the resource. You'll yes. have the person to check in and say all the scary things. Because as your partner, Ooh. I can't hold that for you. I can hold your hand. I can't hold you. Yes. Oh, did y'all hear this? I have chills in my arms right now. That's a word, Shivy, and it's factual. But it's true. I mean, especially too with me going through this pregnancy, he's been an amazing partner. Which I always knew he would be, but it's it's been very clear he can only hold my hand. Yeah. Like when I get leg cramps from being dehydrated because your girl is not good at drinking <laughs> water, I'll be screaming out in pain, and all he can do is hold my hand. Yeah. He can't take the pain from me. Mm. He can't make it better. He can just literally be by my side in bed, mm. being like, "Breathe. I love you." Yes. Because he doesn't got me. I have to get myself. Yes. <laughs> Yo, I hope everybody listening to this is understanding what Shabon is saying. Like, in love, you have to have self first. And she was patient and smart enough to let this man that she loved go until he found himself. And, and it, or impatient and demanding. Yeah. Whatever yeah. way you want to look at it. Thank <laughs> you for keep it 100. Let's keep it 100. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, he did find himself and they found each other in that sense. So there's so much beauty in finding self and then finding each other. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only way you can really create another healthy human being into yeah. this world in a sense where it's like you're supported during a time like this, during a pandemic, during Black Lives Matter movements, during one of the craziest elections probably of our time. Yeah, And also like black people, we have so much inherited trauma. Like this little girl is yes. coming out with like whatever my ancestors dealt with. And I'm also indigenous. So she's got... And he's Haitian. Like, mm. we have so much built-in ancestral trauma that we're going to give to our child just because she chose us as parents and it's in our genes. Yes. Right? Yes. So, like, yes, we're going to provide a safe space for her. Yes, we're going to do our best to give her all the opportunities. But at the end of the day, she's coming out a black woman in America. Mm -hmm. She needs resources. Yes. Th those include loving, supporting parents, but it also includes, like, therapy is okay. Going and putting your feet in the ocean is okay. Uh, having friends who love and support you is okay. Having mm. family that maybe is chosen family, not just family. Because just because somebody shares blood with you doesn't mean they actually know how to love you. Yes. That's that's a whole, that's a message. I'm also an only child, so I'm very spoiled. <laughs> because all my friends like you, like I yeah. have chosen my family because they inspire me, mm -hmm. because they were awesome or shit, because they were there in yeah. college. But it turns out they are really wonderful people. Yes. And the ones who have not been so loving and supportive, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, like just, I've been doing that too. I call it shedding. Yeah. You have to shed. Yeah. And also just like, 
we also chose an industry like being an entertainment, being an actress, I get rejected for a living. So having any type of relationship day to day where there's some form of rejection happening and mm. it's not healthful rejection, it's not like, oh, that's a bad habit, Siobhan, and I'm going to mirror and show you, you need to change it. But just like rejection of the good of who I am, I don't have time for that. At all. too much negativity. Like I've, already, I've learned how to like take all the no's and let it fall off like water. I don't need a human being like that, though, in my life. At all. There's no room. No, thank you. Who wants a human being that's not uplifting you? Yo, some people are attracted to red flags. Yeah. I used to be one. I used to be one, too. <laughs> I used to be one in a lot of ways, let's be honest. <laughs> and then it was even harder for me to let them go. Oh, God, yeah. Well, because then there's also the sense of, like, the type A fixers and organizers were like, we can make it better. Like, it's just, I, I got this. Mm -hmm. I can make it better. I can do this to make this happen. I can do that. You just want to, like, fix your way to the top with this person. You can't, baby. You, you really can't. You can't. You can't. To anyone listening right now, <laughs> listen to what she's saying. You cannot fix someone. That took me a long time to learn and to really embrace. Yeah. Because I'm the type that sees potential in people. I'm the, yeah. you know. You can, well, the, here's the thing. I was taught to always see the positive. Yes. And understand that you, that hurt people hurt people, mm -hmm. right? Like that was a cute thing my mom said all the time. And it's true. So you go with the best intentions with someone new and you're like, oh, they hurt me. It's because they hurt. I understand they're hurt. But then in one, at one point in time, that person who's hurt you needs to grow the fuck up. Period. And realize how their actions affect yeah. other people around them. Mm -hmm. And then you have to decide, oh, I I'm worth something. I'm worth something more than what this person is giving me. And I'm out or I'm putting them on the back burner. Yes. Because people can evolve. Yeah. I don't think they can change. I think they can evolve. I they agree with that. It's a choice. I agree with you that. You can go to therapy. You can read books. You can, you know, meditate. Find Jesus if that works for you. You can do things mm -hmm. to edify and uplift yourself and therefore 100%. affect people better and communicate <laughs> in a way that you're actually heard. Totally. But also you can be like, oh, these are my coping mechanisms and I don't care how much they hurt the people around me. And those people, no thank you. No thank you. <laughs> but I also want to make a point to understand where you are in receiving that because I'm learning in life our friends, our mirrors, the people that we have in our yeah. life, they literally mirror who yeah. we are, right? Isn't yeah. that a whole nother, like, that's a whole nother podcast, it's, to be honest. It's, but it's also, it's like wonderfully nutty, especially if you really love your friends. Yeah. <laughs> and are surrounded by, for me, I'm surrounded by so many women and men who are so just bomb. Yeah. Like, there's, they're good people, they're strong people, they're intelligent people. They're so committed to having careers that change the world mm. that sometimes I also feel like I don't notice when things are wrong because I'm like, no, no, they're so great. And then you're like, oh, I see that thing that I've been working on, they too are working on, which is also kind of cool. I love that most of my girlfriends right now, we're almost all in therapy. So like yes. we'll have these moments where like, you know, you have like your rah-rah sisterhood moment where you're like, oh, shit has hit the fan today. And you bitch and you moan or you like sit on your petty patio as my right. girlfriend and I like to do. And you release. But then also at the end of the conversation is like, and go to therapy. Mm -hmm. And it's great because it's yes. like, yeah, we're going to get perspective from an expert. Not just someone who loves me and is biased <laughs> in my favor. Yes. But we're going to get outside input of like how to make it better. Which is the key to life. Having an emotional, intelligent person, mm -hmm. literally professional. Yes. It's the key to life. 
for me, it's been the key to my life. It's the been the key to unlocking. The fact that we don't do this for young children, that it's I not. Know. The fact that we don't have. Because remember, like, we used to have, like, school counselors? Yes. But, like, now I realize, like, we should have school therapists. Like, yes. plural. In elementary school, so that when you get bullied, you can process it. It's so true. that when you bully someone, you can process it. Honestly. Like, the fact that we don't do that. Remember, it, really even, sad. like, do you remember the counselors at school? It was, like, not mm-hmm. cool, too. Like, mm-hmm. if you were at the counselor's office, like, something was wrong with you. Like, it was, like down upon yeah remember that your shit? behavioral problems were treated as if you were on your way to jail yes to your behavioral problems are an indicator that something is not okay yes inside of you yes that can be resolved so we grew up not wanting to go and yes. solve these problems of whoa course. wow i didn't like thought about going this to the, the counselor for college like i remember my college counselor the second one i had because i went to two high schools this bitch I told her <laughs> that I wanted to go to NYU and I wanted to apply for Ivy Leagues. And she was like, mm, I think you should stick to state schools. And I was in Virginia at the time. And I was uh. like, oh, no, I've been dealing with this racism on and off for mm. many, many moons. I don't need to be yeah, here at all. No. So I applied to NYU, got the fuck in. Hell yes, obviously. somebody. And then met so many women and men who went to Columbia University and they were like, Oh, based on your curriculars and GPA, you would have been gotten into Ivy League for free because you're a black woman who was over-involved in all your school programs and you had a really good GPA. Mm. And this is a person who, this is my first experience with counseling. Wow. That's problematic as hell. Wow. 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 Literally, my mind is like blown right now. I think about that sometimes and how long it took for me to get to therapy like I had to hit rock bottom for it to like actually be real as opposed to if my experiences as a child with counselors had been more positive like you Mm. said like if it wasn't for behavioral issues if it wasn't checking in with someone to see if I'm good enough right because that's that's the opposite of therapy therapy is finding out you are good enough exactly is finding out your behavior is an indication of something unemotional a hundred percent so since we're on this topic right now of therapy and you just mentioned hitting rock bottom Mm. do you think that's when people really uncover the magic of therapy that really start therapy. Do you think hitting rock bottom is the start to a self journey? Because personally I do for me, I had to hit rock bottom. So when you said that I resonated with it and I was like, damn, she's right. Like I had to hit rock bottom because growing up, I didn't have the resources. I didn't have any idea of anything. It wasn't until an adult breakdown where I was just like, what is life? Yeah. What do you think? I also think it might be generational. Mm, yeah. Because my dad was like, we don't do therapy. Mind you, now he has done it. Yeah. And, and, and it like saved and grew his marriage um, with my mother. And, and I got into therapy. I mean, again, they hit rock bottom, quote unquote. I hit rock bottom, quote unquote, and started therapy. But I feel like the generation underneath us, Mm. everybody hates on Instagram and TikTok and all that shit. But I also, and yes, it is toxic. But I also think for younger generations, it is very self-actualizing because there's a range of people on TikTok and Instagram, right? Like you can see the light-skinned trans girl who's uh, into anime on TikTok. You can find... Uh, a brilliant woke black man who smokes blunts and uh, knows every single you know underground rap group from the nineteen 
I don't know when rap started. 1970. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. Take my black card. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, the, the idea for me is that like, I think the next generation has more opportunities to self-actualize. They have more opportunities to see their role models as being accessible. Yes. So therefore, I think it might not take serious heavy trauma to get them into therapy because there's someone to identify with. And if there's someone to identify with who says, ooh, it it makes me feel better to talk, then they're like, oh, I'm having a bad day today. I should go find a therapist as opposed to our generation. I mean, you and I had like what? Holly Berry to look up to in terms of like mixed women that were successful. Holly Berry. And who also were like proudly black women too who were mixed. Yeah, like that's all we had. Literally. And like I love Holly Berry, but I remember there being like, Toxic narratives around her, like when she lost her crown for Miss America. Yeah. Can you remember why? What happened? It was like racy pictures or some shit. But again, like it was hard to find role models. It was hard to find people. That's such a good point. And I, I, I'm hoping, like I'm hoping for my daughter that by the time she's five, because of the house that she will be raised in and because of Instagram, because of TikTok, the positives will be she'll go, oh, I'm feeling sad today, mommy. Can I talk to somebody? Mm. And I'll go, absolutely. Oh, I I love that. That, Yeah. So I I think, I think like times have changed. It doesn't have to be a rock bottom. It can simply be, I need someone to talk to. Because that's what talk therapy is, right? And then psychiatric, oh Lord, word I can't pronounce right now while pregnant. Pregnancy has like taken my ability to pronounce words. You're creating a whole human. Hello, somebody. Yo, but to like see a psychiatrist, which is just for like the administration of drugs. Also that practice has to go hand in hand with talk therapy but i think again it's becoming more and more accessible and we're not shaming people for medicating their way to better mental health because you need it it's literal science and that's the other thing too like people like oh therapy psychiatry it's because you're crazy and it's like no it's because i have a literal chemical imbalance in my brain that i need help with balancing out yes and there's the more we talk about it though the less shame there is and there's so many of us humans walking this earth with these chemical imbalances. Correct. Oh, honestly, we I often always... often are attracted to that. Yeah. Oh, often, <laughs> girl. Let me tell you, often is a little too often, but we're breaking that motherfucking cycle now. Hell yeah. We're breaking it. So on top of therapy, there's probably some really awesome, incredible moms right now listening, wondering, how are you taking care of yourself during these times? As a black woman, what are you doing for self? to really nest and to nurture and prepare for this birth. Mind you, she's doing a home birth too, so we'll get to there um, in a little bit. But how are you taking care of self? How are you taking care of Siobhan? I am rearranging a lot of furniture. (laughs) She loves them. I do know that. (laughs) But that also is my happy place. Um, It makes me me happy to see beautiful spaces and to know I've created something beautiful. Yeah. So literally, really and truly, like rearranging stuff. Because I can't get my nails done. Right. And that used to be my beauty of like, oh, look what I created on my nails. Because I was like, let me do this and this and this. (laughs) I can't do that anymore. So I rearrange. I've been in the bathtub. I think every day since COVID started. Mm. And I think that's a positive thing. 100%. I take baths and I am pregnant. What you mean? It feels Changes so my life. <laughs> to just like sit in there. And I've gotten like into like lighting the candles, sitting in there. And then I bring a book. Goddess baths. Have you heard of goddess baths? No. Oh my gosh. I'm going to tell you all about goddess this goddess bath. <laughs> okay. With the flowers and the candles and the spiritual. With like in setting oh, right. intention. Right, right. Ooh. Yes. 
See, that's a little too much work for me. I will light <laughs> one candle and I will bring my Kindle and I will bring my yeah. one quarter cup of, gla- of glass of wine that I allow myself during pregnancy. Can't wait for all the women who are like, you drink during pregnancy? Yes, the fuck I do. <laughs> um, but I don't drink coffee. So yeah. there you go. There's right. a trade off. There's some women who like can't do the coffee and never drink wine. But guess what? They're both problematic. Do the research. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with that, how much... Siobhan is reading more than like ever right now. So me being a woman that wants to be a mother, whenever I find my partner in life, she really opened my eyes to how much research and learning I have to do, that we all must do for going to be pregnant. Yeah. So there's a reason why you're pregnant for 10 months. And I think, first of all, you wrap your head around the fact that you are a mom and not just a woman anymore. And then for those of us who are like type A nerds, we go to school and you read books and you go, okay, am I actually allowed to drink alcohol? Am I actually allowed to drink coffee? Is it okay to lay on my back? Because there's all these recommendations that are often posed as rules, but they're actually all recommendations and they all stem from like a patriarchal medicinal background, which is insane. Right. Do you know the reason why women give birth laying in a hospital bed? Why? Because a French king wanted to watch his mistress push his push his children out of her vagina. What? So he created a specific bed so he could stand behind a screen and see his children coming out of her vagina, even though it is the least optimal position to give birth. Women give birth optimally, standing up, squatting, being on all fours. We're not supposed to be laying in a hospital bed reclined. It's literally anti-gravity for your baby. Wow, you're blowing my mind. Makes it more painful for the woman. And that's the other thing too. There are um, two different doctors on record, male doctors, who when the practice of giving birth left the midwifing community and went to the doctors, male doctor community, they have all these these records of women giving birth and being like, it was pleasurable. Wow. The women weren't in intense amounts of pain because they were allowed to freely move. They were surrounded by women. They, they are power, man. Also, the thing is, again, science, when we are going through pain as human beings, we activate flight or flight instinct, right? Mm-hmm. But with childbirthing, there is the ability to activate endorphins, sort of like when you're playing a sport. Mm-hmm. And like, you know how you can like play on a sprained ankle? Yeah. That's what childbirth can be. It yes. doesn't have to be, granted, I haven't given birth yet, so maybe I'm full of shit. But <laughs> there are- I appreciate you owning that. You know, who knows? But for me, like I, I studied hypnobirthing. I've been reading a lot. I want to have a positive birthing experience. Yeah. I want it to be short. I yeah. want this beautiful little girl to come out in six hours. <laughs> the average first time birth is closer to 24 to 35 hours, but that's neither here nor there of labor. Um, wow. But just, again, I just think having more information at your yes. fingertips just makes you feel more educated. Yes. I was ready to do a traditional birth in a hospital, hand me the epidural, mom, I'm gonna do, you know, push out this baby, be just fine. And then I started doing the research and was like, huh, black women are two to three more times likely to die from hospital complications. And then black women over the age of 30 and also indigenous women are three to four times as likely to die Mm. while giving birth. In a hospital. And indigenous. That that just feels like we're, we're upping some numbers for me that are unnecessary. And also in the middle of COVID, we're having all these different rules about having to labor in a mask and having 
only your partner in there. Yeah. Your partner can't leave. We're talking about 30 hours of no food. <laughs> That's so wild to me. And it's just doesn't give me feelings of peace and hope and serenity. Me neither. So I started doing research and was like, all right, I'm going to look into the hippy-dippy shit. I honor you for that. And I found an amazing black woman doula, amazing black woman midwife. And the three of us, plus my man friend and my mama, are going to be in my living room. Having the baby. Having this baby. Oh, in a tub, which I'm really excited about. I'm excited about this. You know, and I'll report back as to whether or not yeah. my endorphins kick We'll have in. a follow-up. But I'm excited to give birth. And I'm choosing for it to be a positive because yeah. COVID is... COVID pregnancies, I think, give you so many opportunities to panic and fear and that shit travels right down to your child, just mm. like the swearing. She's going to be really good at swearing. Um, <laughs> but I would like my child to be really good at accessing what is really dangerous yeah. and what you are capable of a woman, how strong, how powerful you are. So many of my ancestors gave birth in fucking like, fields as slaves. Yeah, when literally. I think about that, I'm going to be fine in, in my own house with like TV and, you know, Coltrane playing in the background. I will be okay. Yeah. There were women who l- literally were raped yeah. constantly. Yes. Picked cotton in fields and oh. were pregnant and gave birth in those fields. Mm. And then were told to go back to work the next fucking day. Mm. Mm. My body mm. is strong mm. genetically. Mm. Genetically, Ooh, I feel I'm a fucking that. G. Okay? Oh. You are the most powerful woman I know. <laughs> and I know everybody are. listening to this. We all are. And y'all need to hear that and really feel that. If you've never given birth and if you want to give birth, you still have that genetic DNA. Literally. You're still powerful beyond measure. Like, It's literally ingrained into yes, us. Yes, you're worthy as fuck. Are y'all ladies listening to this <laughs> podcast right now? I feel so fired up. Yo, we can do anything. 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 Wow, anything. Like, I can seduce you, make a baby, and raise it on my own. Hello, somebody. (laughs) And then I can choose to partner with you and grow a child. Yes. And create a life that I want to live and create a life that is full of joy. Mm, Choice. The power of choice. Yeah. Is the most beautiful thing. Yeah. It really is. And we have that. We encompass that. And that's not to say that like negativity doesn't exist. No, like, it's I'm life. all for existentialism. You know, right. the world is, you know, life is meaningless. Sure, to a certain degree, yes, absolutely. None of this shit makes sense. None of it. There's far too much suffering for things to make sense. However, if you're a woman, you have a boss ass bitch ability to do amazing things with your body. Yeah. You can survive so much. Mm. So much. I mean, what are the statistics on, on women and rape? It's something gnarly. Like one in every four women has been raped or something in the United mm. States. Think about how many girlfriends do you have? I, I can't even imagine that. Right. Think about putting all of your women in a room and no. being like, that person, one, two, three, that person, one, mm. two, three, that person have all been raped. They are all successful. They are all here. They are all loving. They are all giving. They are all present. Wow. We are so fucking strong. Like, so strong. Fuck childbirth. Like if you're someone who's like, I don't want kids. I don't. I get it, girl. The world <laughs> is crazy. Yeah. But we are in general so strong. 
Oof. Therapy also helps get you there. Yes. If you weren't it does. aware. It does. But we are capable of so much, even though we have one of the most vulnerable bodies on the planet. Literally on the planet. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to let everybody just sit for a second and take all that in because I want everybody to receive that, like receive it and feel it and embrace it and let that message literally run through your fucking toes to your head and just feel it because we are Mm -hmm. so much more powerful than you are known to be. You are beyond. You literally are beyond. Yeah, and we've had centuries of oppression of yes. the female body. Girl. I mean, we've had centuries of oppression of the non-binary body. We've had centuries of oppression of anyone that isn't a straight white man, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I'm reading talk, about this now. Those yeah. of us who are not straight, white, and male, we are fantastic. Beyond fantastic. We are it. We've made it. We're Fuck here. Out of here. Yeah, 100%. And whether you put one foot in front of the other every day and that's all you can do, or whether you're, you know, Oprah. Or Janet Mock. Yeah. We're amazing. Yeah. Oof, you're so right. You're so right. Okay. What are three books that you would tell new moms to read right now? Ooh, okay. Three books. I'm going to get these titles wrong, but Ina May. Because I need to know them. Because I need them for self. I mean, I want to have some babies soon, Shivy. I mean, I need to find my husband first. You should. You should. I know, but I want babies too, so our babies can grow up together. Yo, that's the dream. Please. That really is a dream. No pressure. Okay. I'm fine, my husband. My husband's coming. I I can feel. Also, you don't need a husband. I don't got a husband. I know you're right. (laughs) I forgot. You're right. Wonderful, loving partner. She's right. She's right. She's right. No, we're we're working at this. We are maintaining. Okay, let me do my research first, and then I'm gonna start. So, Ina May's child to. Uh, Ina May's Guide to Childbirth, love, okay. love that book because literally you get, I want to say almost a hundred versions of childbirth from hospital uh, births to home births to um, giving birth at birthing centers with midwives. It's just the range of experience okay. that women can experience and there's loss in there mm. and there's, you know, it's one of those things where I think it would be scary to read in your first trimester, but it's really empowering to read in your second and third trimester or before you're even pregnant to understand the range of experience that women go through. I want to read that period. Ina May? Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. Okay. Ina Love May her. Guide to Childbirth. And then I got to go on my Kindle app because pregnancy brain is real. Yes. And you don't be remembering much. <laughs> like, you could try. Um, and then another book, I was just recommended this by another pregnant friend, Like a Mother by Angela Garbez. Okay. G-A-R-B-E-S. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Her book is fascinating because she's a little bit of a science nerd and she's like, okay, you're telling me I can't drink wine and beer. Why? Okay, you're telling me I can't have coffee. I like that. Why? She's questioning everything. Yes. And she she goes to the experts and she's like, this is why. She's like, in the 1970s, there were a ton of births um, with fetal alcohol syndrome. Yeah. So there was a nationwide push by male doctors to say that women shouldn't drink at all. Because you know what it makes us susceptible to? What? Rape. Wow. Deadass. And so then that trickles down into the OBGYN community to, oh yeah, you shouldn't drink alcohol at all because it'll damage your child. Which like, yes, it's true. It can damage your child when you're at fetal, fetal alcohol level levels yeah fetal syndrome alcohols ugh, whatever yeah when you're at high levels of drinking right however each woman is individual and again 
one of the complications of modern medicine is we're so used to saying women, this is what you should do. Instead of going black woman who's 32 years old, who was on an anti-inflammatory diet before she got pregnant, who is her baby is half Caribbean, Haitian. Yes. This is what you should do. Mm. You've got to get individualized. Mm. Mm. And that's what's so cool about her book is that she's like statistics and rates, et yeah. cetera, will be there. Like in terms of like we induce women in labor in the United States before 41.3 days. But the rate of mortality, yeah, it doubles if you go past 42 weeks. But you know what it doubles from? From 0.04% to 0.08%. We're still under a 1% chance of mortality increasing. So when your doctor scares you mm. and says, you need to induce, we needed to pull this baby out of you, maybe the fuck you don't. Wow. Maybe your child wants to stay in there and develop a little bit longer. Right. Maybe you don't have the gestation period right. Because mm. unless you've had IVF and know to the day when you got pregnant, it's a guessing game. The in Thailand, time, yeah. they don't assign due dates. In Thailand, they just say the baby comes when the baby comes. Mm. Wow. Yep. Ooh, this is going to be fun, fun doing this research. I'm excited. And then I'm trying to think third book. What other book did I really like? Guys, because she loves books. She's been reading like crazy. Whenever I'm over, I see her in a book. She's reading and she's reading. And like you can hear the knowledge and it and first of all, it inspires me to have children, but it empowers me to understand how much we women are capable of, how much we literally live under this patriarchal system that's bullshit, yeah. and how much access of knowledge we actually have once we yeah. really, you know, partake on this human making baby journey. Yeah. And then the last book I have to offer is written by a black woman. Uh, her name's Erica Chidi Cohen. And she is a birth and postpartum doula. She actually is the first black woman, I think during the pandemic, she just got like 4 million for more, 1 billion, some just gnarly amount of money from the tech industry. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So she wrote a book called Nurture. And what was really cool about her book is it goes through like every single month of pregnancy, but there's a mindfulness section with every part Mm. where she's like, let me help you calm the crazy. Let me help you expand the joy, which I just thought was so helpful because it just reinforced that like, A of all, you're right, bitch. I'm going crazy. There's so much blood, so many hormones, so much going on, so much worry because I've never done this before. Right. But she gives you lovely little actionable steps at the end of every single month to be like, okay, mama, now we're going to do this. Mm, That's sweet. Mm -hmm. I love that support. I think support is like... Yeah. The biggest thing for a woman, period, but a pregnant woman the most is support. And Mm -hmm. if you guys have the time, go get those three books (laughs) because (laughs) I'm going to get these three books. You know, I wasn't paid to say this. It's just two cents. And it's honest and it's so real. And I can see the shift in the light when she talks about this, (laughs) how much it's really impacted her. And I think being a first-time mother, you're, you're enduring so many shifts, right? And I think one of the shifts... I want to, you know, go to next is being an artist, right? She's an mm-hmm. actress. Uh, Siobhan and I actually met on set of Shaft. That's we how we did. became friends. What three years ago now? We fell in love. Fell in love because it was always supposed to be a one day shoot. Yes, 
and then the scene took so long to so shoot long that we were there for two days so we ended up bonding you yes that yes was so, much fun. so we met on the set of shaft mm-hmm. literally and then you and i both moved out to la yeah like within months of shooting yep. the movie and it yep. was like i don't know many people you don't know many people let's kick it let's be friends and i was like duh 100 <laughs> percent. remember we went to tim story's uh party oh yeah we did you, frank was there yeah, too i remember right. yeah oh my gosh and that's where I met the girls. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, yeah, that's where I met Ezzy. Yes. Ezzy was with me. Oh my God, you changed my life yes. with that salon. They're Talking so about my amazing. curl sisters, by the way, they're on the podcast too, guys. We have curly hair, curl sisters for life. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, curl sisters are real sisters. Yo. It's it such a journey to get here. Such a journey to get here. Because my dumps are not ass. Because <laughs> I loved relaxers, y'all. I fucking love them. Mainly because I'm a lazy person. Yeah. And I just wanted a way to get my curl pattern to relax. <laughs> Enough that I could throw it into a bun without it being like 75 hours worth of work later on. Yep, and then being an actor, right? We're straightening mm-hmm. our hair. Mm-hmm. That's what we thought we had to do as a black woman to straighten oh, our hair. We didn't think we had to. Yeah. The industry, Ooh. literally, I got callbacks for TV and film with straight hair. All the time. And got nothing with my curly hair. You know, and sometimes I feel like it's still like money. that. Yes, because it still is. It's still like this. And I feel like, I, so I bought wigs. Because yes. I don't want to damage my curls anymore. Yes, you and me both. But I don't like how the wigs be sitting on my hair. I don't know how to lay it right. That's also, I think, just like a little level of like uh, inexpertness. Yeah, it is. Just, I need to learn. You, just, you gotta, I need to learn. You got to get comfortable. But I also it. just really love my fucking curls and like mm-hmm. take me with my curls. Mm-hmm. But I literally was just talking to my homegirl about this, about I'm going to audition with my hair straight for the next couple of times and see how it plays out. Just to see how it plays out. It's very frustrating. Ugh. It's very frustrating. Okay, so let's get into this artist world as <laughs> an artist during this pandemic. Ugh. Right? Yes, our industry shut down. Literally oh. shut down. So heavy, except for voiceover. Yes, which, which I'm so proud of you, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, people do like to give me money to hear my voice sometimes. Yeah. And honestly, it had always been sort of like with with performing with being an actor with working entertainment i feel like there's four different lanes so with the four streams of income right voiceover i just started getting into recently i want to say like maybe four years ago i finally booked like a campaign and was like wait a minute you make money money with your voice and so then i started doing it more often wouldn't have, didn't change anything. I was yeah. auditioning the same as usual, but of course, just like confidence came in because all of a sudden I was like, well, I booked one job. Yeah. So like, I'm obviously very talented. That always helps, yo. All you need is that one job. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, oh shit, yes. they see me, they feel me. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. It's that ridiculous validation. That which one is like, why we validation. Got into it in the first place. Literally. Former athletes who were like, yes, cheer for me. <laughs> I need that. Because you played basketball in college, right? So I played volleyball She's college. She's a volleyball, yes. Bro, we, I miss that. I, I miss, miss people it. cheering for me when I do something right. Okay? 24-7, the, the stands, everybody <laughs> like standing up high, like clapping for yeah, you. Yeah, and the performance aspect of like wearing a costume, yes. having like your jersey, all that stuff. Yo, and when you step on that court or the, the mm-hmm. court, you're just a different human being. Mm-hmm. And it's like game the fuck on. And like, Same thing in this world. Absolutely. And also like the community, like the yeah. short-term bonds that you form yeah. with your sports teams are so similar to like us meeting on the yes. set of Shaft. Yes. So many correlations. So many correlations. But back to COVID and how it fucked up everybody who's in entertainment. Yeah. So everything shut down except for voiceover because we were all still listening to the radio. We're all still listening to podcasts and we're all watching TV, right? So I did something crazy and I invested a couple thousand dollars and had a studio built at the beginning of COVID. Which is super cool. 
It was, it felt so risky to invest in myself, really and truly. Listen to how that sounds. Mm -hmm. It felt so risky to invest in myself. Yes, of course. Silly. That's so silly. It's so silly. But it's the truth. Yeah. We all feel that risk when we're investing in self. Hell yeah. It's a risk. And if you're not willing to take a risk, baby, you're not willing to play in the game. Correct. But she played in the motherfucking game because she got it done. I did. I got it done. And then for the first month, I was like, why does no one want to hire me? I got a booth. I'm like professional. I got broadcast quality from home. And then literally month and a half in, I booked a job. Yes. And then another one came the next month. And it's been slow and steady for me that way. And it's been different. It's not been the type of money that I'm used to. It's not been the type of career pursuit where... You know, I get to divest my artistic energy in four different directions at right. all times. Right. It's just this one lane of voiceover. But it's fun. And I love it. And oh, it that was makes me happy. Really, really risky. And I'm really glad I decided to invest in myself because now I'm sort of falling in love with this whole world of voiceover of like, oh, there's so much fun shit you can do in this world. How I had cool no is that? idea. And you wouldn't have experienced it if it wasn't for the pandemic and the shift. I wouldn't have experienced it to this level because I was so used to being hired and going to a studio right. and sort of waiting on the universe for a yes instead yeah. of like, I have this booth now I play. Like I have girlfriends that we get together. I just started this, but we have girlfriends that we get together once a month and we play with voiceover scripts and we're just learning from each other yes. and also creating this safe space to just be artists for fun i love that i'm coming in next week good i am i'm jumping good. in I, was, I can't i'm still moving i gotta get my life situated so i can really get in 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 it mm-hmm. i'm so glad you do that i think forming sisterhood circles mm-hmm. in every aspect of our lives is key for us women oh yeah you know Having the moms, having that circle, having your friend circles, having your artist circle, yeah, having these circles of support, yeah, it's so necessary, especially during this pandemic world that we're living in, yeah. especially as a black woman, especially as a woman, period. Yeah, but especially as a black identifying, black identifying, I'm funny, a black female identifying person, yeah, yo, this shit is real. It is like the things that are going on, like those. Shit what? that happened to those beautiful women in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Those black women and those shitty-ass human beings, shitty men. Oh, it's sad. they deserve to rot. It's sad. You're, do you want to tell the audience a, a little bit of what happened, what you're talking, just so they're familiar? Yeah, so there are these uh, three women um, of color who were out in Hollywood, three trans women, and these men decided to attack them, mm-hmm. steal from them, and they recorded that shit what was going down. It's so sad. It's It makes me full of rage. It yeah. doesn't make me sad. It mm-hmm. makes me full of rage. Because mm-hmm. who the fuck raised you to treat women like that? Who yeah. the fuck raised you to treat humans like that? Period. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's so hard out here. We have police who don't want us alive. We have a president who doesn't give a fuck about us. We have, more importantly, people, a Congress that does not take care of people mm. that look like you and me. Mm. 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 And you're going to take out your aggression and anger on beautiful women? Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. So sad, man. Oh, it's not right. There's not a lot of things right during these times. And I feel mm. like, you know, everybody listening right now, I'm not sure if you're going through hard times, you know, and you may be going through hard times right now, but I do want you to find the light in 
your days because that's the only way we will keep going. Like you have to find light in the madness. There's so much darkness, like I said. Yeah. There's so much darkness, but there's never a light without darkness, right? So I try to meditate often. We both, Siobhan and I both go to acupuncture. Mm -hmm. I try to educate as many people as I can. We read, as you know. Um, Do all the things because there's always going to be darkness surrounding you and it's up to you to find light, you know, in each day, you know, especially as a, as a beautiful, strong ass woman, especially a beautiful first time mom like Siobhan. And I honor you for literally finding your joy in your light, especially as an artist, you know, you kind of fell out of it. I fell out of it in the beginning of COVID when I was just like, oh, yeah. The studio shut down. I couldn't do my podcast. I couldn't get auditions. I'm new in LA. Also, it is our job to get paid to dive deep into the dark. Yeah. So there's also a huge part of our personality. Mm-hmm. A huge part of what I've trained my body to do is access the hurt and the pain yes. and the anger and the, the sadness. And now you're telling me I just need to turn that switch off because nobody wants to pay for it? Yeah. Ha! Okay. Oof. Sure. You you have to compartmentalize. Yeah. And for me, it is definitely community. It is yeah. having my girlfriends that I text, that we have the memes that make us laugh. Yeah. It, is, it is getting to see people over Zoom. It is going for socially distanced coffees or hikes, whatever yeah. whatever way. Because, yeah. like, you know, I'm crazy. I'm like, so when was your last test? <laughs> she COVID? will. She will. Be like, cool, bet. I'll yeah. see you the day after. You, know I mean? you, got, you, you have to figure out where... And how you can connect. Because I also 100%. think the biggest thing I've learned about COVID is that it's very isolating. And you should enjoy those moments to yourself. You should enjoy those moments in the bath. But don't stay there. Mm-hmm. Get out. Connect. Mm-hmm. Whatever way you need to connect. Oof. I love that. And can we just tell the, the people, the beautiful people listening right now, Shivi's due next month. Yes. So let's all send some love and some prayers and a beautiful birthing experience uh, her way right now. Um, I believe in prayer. I believe in sending love and light always and forever. I'm sending it to you. We're all sending it to you. Um, I'm so excited to have this new addition, <laughs> this little woman come into the world. She's I'm a strong so stoked. Girl. I know Based she on is. Her kicks alone. She's oh. coming out ready to be like, okay, fuck these racists. Fuck these transphobes. <laughs> and nobody got yeah. time for spaces where people ain't safe. Mm-mm. She's she's here for it. Y'all know Siobhan, y'all know Naomi's mom now. So y'all already know what what she's creating in this world. So we got another force coming. Yeah. We got another one of us. And she's supposed to be a Scorpio. Be Ooh. afraid. Let's be go. Afraid. Let's go. Scorpio we want more. Two fire signs. Two fire signs. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm excited for you and I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm glad that we were finally able to do this. I know. I feel a little minute. You know what's so funny, guys? Um, Siobhan and I, I feel like when we first discussed going on the podcast, we talked about something completely different. We talked oh, about yeah. finances and money because she's so good at it. She helps. She assists me with it. All that she literally just did 10 minutes ago. Get about an money. IRA, women. Yes. Please take care of your future self. Yes. Don't rely on nobody else but yourself. I think we need to have a part two. Sure. Siobhan, girl, we got this part two. Let's talk about money. Women, the best, the second best way to take care of yourself after you finish your self-care with your nails, your hair, the bath, the walk in the woods, take care of your finances. Figure out, make sure you have a fuck you fund. 
oh my God, I never like that. get stuck with a partner yes. and you feel like you can't leave. Oh. Male or female too. I'm not, I'm not coming for like straight yep. women. I'm coming for queer women. I'm coming for all of us. Don't ever feel like you're trapped with somebody yeah. because you don't have a, an amount of money saved that would allow you to say, I am worth more than this. Been I need there. to go. I was and that girl. Also, don't be fucking 40 years old and like, what is an IRA? Mm. No shame if you don't know. No shame. You. I, she just taught me straight up. But we need to we need to take care of our sixty five year old, seventy five year old badass selves in our twenties and our thirties and our forties. Oof. So you hear that part two coming soon. <laughs> part two. <laughs> part two. Shabam. Get your money right. That's gonna be the that's gonna be the name of the next podcast. Get your money right. Honestly, Shabam, we got this. I mean, if y'all haven't felt the power and the genuine love and support that this woman has um you literally will be able to feel her you're going to be able to see this new creation by the next podcast she's going to come on the next podcast with a whole new human and i will totally be breastfeeding and doing the podcast yeah 100 percent. normalize having babies everywhere oh my god i love her <laughs> i love siobhan so much <laughs> I mean, again, no pressure. If you don't like kids, you don't want to be around kids. Yeah. Do you? I'm so here for that narrative. But don't fire me from my job because I decided to bring my child to work. No. Which is what people are doing in COVID. Which is so sad. It's so sad. Penalizing women for having a vagina that has pushed out a child. That pushed you out, bro. Mm. A woman pushed you out. And you're firing me because I have to breastfeed my baby because I have no other choice? Because daycares are closed? Yeah. Because Everything's close. School is remote, so you're making it even harder for us women now. Right. Oh, but like, okay. All those straight white males who have a giant house where they have a nanny or a partner who can take care of the kid, out of sight, out of mind. They're getting promotions in COVID. Fuck that shit. Wow. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I think we're gonna end right there. <laughs> I like to end on that because round two is gonna come on and it's gonna be an even harder fight. I love you. I thank you. I'm praying for you. I'm so excited for you. She's going to be such a good mom, mm. a solid, loving, powerful, courageous mom. And Naomi is going to be such a gift to all of us. I love you. Hey, girl, we got this. Shivy, I love you. Thank you. I love you, too. Thank you.